Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Oh my god, I'm going to say something so controversial. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, a podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? This week, we celebrate the Gay-Ass Live show hitting New York City next week with a re-release of one of our most popular episodes with Dame Bowen Yang. It's so amazing to get a glimpse back into what the podcast was two years ago when this was recorded. Fun fact, this was recorded literally nine days before we moved to L.A., And it's just incredible to see how far we've come. My interviewing, I do think, has gotten better. But I also think that Bowen is such an icon that no matter what, it's a joy to listen to. Um, You also get a glimpse into my obsession with Kim Kardashian. To be fair, she had just hosted SNL, so I was clearly fixated on that. And it's amazing to hear a pre-season two White Lotus hot takes conversation, a pre-Fire Island release date. Just such a fun blast from the past. If you want more fun gay assery, the Patreon is bumping this week. I had some horny girls in the DMs asking for the video from last week's episode with fitness gorge queen Sam Light. So that full video episode is at patreon.com slash podcast. And there's a bonus episode of the top five daddies who made me into daddies. Only $5 a month for all of that. So if you can support, it is a dream of mine to build that bigger and bigger and have more and more amazing content for you. We're going to get into this episode with Bowen Yang. If you don't have your tickets yet to That's a Gay Ass Live show in New York City, they're almost sold out. It's Friday, November 3rd, and the link is in the description or on my Instagram at Eric Wills. You'll see Bowen Yang, Broadway's Jessica Vosk, Chris Murphy, the Stradio Lab Girlinas, and more. I'll see you in New York next week, and enjoy! What an amazing day for That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Bo and Yang, I just have been dreaming, wishing, hoping, and the fact that you are here, I cannot be more excited and just so appreciative that you are here, and I want to thank you from I'm the bottom so of my gay ass heart. Here. Oh my God, I'm I'm so grateful from the bottom of my gay ass heart to be here. Should we let, should we key in the listener with our scheduling drama? I think we should. Everyone. All right. Well, Eric, Eric, Eric reached out in, in the loveliest way possible. I was so excited to do it. And then shit got crazy on a Monday. And then I just fully forgot. I was on the train when you emailed me. Hey, are we still on? <laughs> it was. I was 15 minutes late. And then I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. I was heading into work because I had to because they called me in last minute. And then 
Can you um, illustrate the look on your face when you realize what was, it was happening? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. Uh, like it was like like my eyes went up, like my <laughs> eye line went up. Like it's you know when you look at the ceiling when something is so shocking. Jaw open, eye up. Jaw oh, jaw dropped, eye up. Like oh my god, yeah, yeah. Like that's it. Yeah, you're doing it. Anyway, and then um, you went- that was it. But listen, and then I, I want to <laughs> illustrate to the audience that the second Bowen got into the zoomerie, he started to apologize profusely. I said, Bowen, because look me in the eyes. deserve it. But like, listen, I just, I do appreciate the apology and I never want you to feel unappreciated in your apologetic ways. But I want to let you know that you, your response to me was so gracious and kind that zero part of me was like, <sighs> well, the rumors are true. Which there aren't rumors. And the rumors are are that Bowen sends really harried emails. I mean, (laughs) oh, we should say Mercury was in retrograde. And as of today, we're out. Thank God. So here we are. We are here. And I think that's all that matters is that we are here on HBO. We are Um, here. Oh, my God. Season two now now, now on HBO. You know, first season had an episode in my home state of Missouri. And the tears I cried when they are just having these gay people queer people and their families come to their drag shows i just think the show really is doing it was, doing it, it right so good i can't wait for this season i haven't watched the premiere yet but wait was are you from that oh wait is it was it that bible vegas town so there was like exactly it's um what branson so i'm not from branson, branson but i'm from okay. Saint, and I, I get dragged all the time on this podcast because it's like i'm from st louis missouri which is like yes yeah. the cosmopolitan city of missouri sure but, but it's still informed by the surroundings, exactly. sort of. And so I did not live a circus Branson life. No, no. But right. when I still see a family of people in Missouri going to cheer on their queer child in the circus of Branson, I still feel a kindred connection to that city. Of course. And those people. I have, no, I, I have no association with Missouri as a state overall and i still got emotional i was like this is exactly and i have to tell you something that one of the reasons why i think i still carry some of that with me is because Mm -hmm. i've had enough experiences and listen let me be the first to say i love st louis i love missouri i love being there and visiting and truly i every time i'm there i'm like i guess i should move here but Uh matt and i will go to a grocery store and then, and we, like two visits ago, we got stared at so hardcore by the old white guy that was checking yeah. us out at the end. And I was like, air, it still air, is happening and I'm not why. pricey. This yeah. is why we tell this story. Yeah. That's, I think, so that's why I think I sometimes feel that emotionality about it because it still is, there's so many wonderful things about it, but it still yeah. is in the Midwest. And there are still people that have forgotten or never learned that people like us are gorgeous too. And like, don't you feel sometimes when I watch We're Here, I'm like, thank God I'm seeing these people like like get get like the coastal elite queers out of the way, like off the screen. Like yeah. I, I we, we've hit our we've hit our cap, not our, not our cap, but it's like, let me like actually balance this out by like watching people who like live in like these places where it's kind of there there is this like weird tenuous danger to their lives. Yes. Day in and day out. And like actually like, you know. I don't know, like them being there. I, I don't mean to like patronize or fetishize that. It's just like, it, I just think it's so, it's it's really wonderful to see. Um, I do want to also congratulate um, both of us in the Zoomery to talk yes. about Dr. Wendy Osefo's candles have gone oh out. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about it. It's I bought just... three of the of the five. Anyway, you sorry. did already. I did. So Quick do you, trigger. when you, I mean, speaking of trigger, the wicks of it all, do you feel like Karen versus Wendy? How are we, I mean, I think a single wick, if it carries a lot of punch, who cares how many wicks? I don't 
care how many wicks. In fact, when I think three wick candle, I think, oh, you mean like a fucking mosquito one, like for outdoors? <laughs> like the what is it called? The the citronella. Citronella, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I think citronella when I think three wick. And like, I, I think need... spa bathroom long white. I'll never have this in my home. I'm not gonna light three wicks because then I gotta <laughs> snip three wicks. Like I, I like I just bought like wick trimmers for the first time because I guess like I was like I should probably not set my house on fire and like sure. control the flame. But um, three wicks just feels tedious. It's three wicks is tedium. Tedium, and I think that candles are more divisive than we initially thought because I swear to good God, I'm sitting on my couch minding my own. The next thing I know, I smell this very oppressive smell, and I say to myself. I enjoy weed so very much, but I don't, yeah. the, the the flower smell that I'm getting right now, I did not perform that. And I look over and it was Casey Musgrave's candle staring me in the eye. And I didn't, and I love you Casey Musgrave. Like, you, you don't like slow burn? You don't I like didn't that like that's, that's, that's one burn. of my favorite oh, candles. Oh shit, and this is where Damn, we... and this is, this is actually, but no, you're, this is proving your point. Candles are divisive. Candles are literally proving my point. I just, I maybe was hurt by a man or something that was smelling like of raspberries or whatever <laughs> of like raspberries and smell. weed i don't know what it was it was just like i looked over and i was like yeah and then and then matt lit it again like a week later and it's like confirmed i don't like and i just i don't i don't i didn't yeah, choose right. this life i don't, i wish i yeah. liked it but that specific handle is the no for me that's okay that's okay there's no end to Real Housewives to be discussed, and I, I'm just grateful that you took that journey with me. But I do want to go on another journey and ask you a really important question. When you were kind of envisioning the characterization of the proud gay Oompa Loompa, um, oh, no. <laughs> top or bottom, yes. what do you think? I think he is just a really soft gentle top oh my god that's so beautiful a really considerate top and um but gosh i mean this is this is the normal cycle of like what i do when um please i i put something on snl like i'll like watch it a bunch of times on sunday to be like what what was i doing and then i'll just like over time i'll like forget about it and Mm -hmm. i'll just like close close the chapter on it in my head this one was i mean it was so fun to write and um Anna Dresden and Allison Gates helped me write it. And it was so, so, so fun. It was a little bit of like a weird rush order because we wrote it, we, like we kind of landed on the idea on Friday because <gasps> they asked us to like write something on Thursday night. And we were like, okay, I've got a busy week with this other stuff, but okay, I'll, we'll figure it out. And I just felt a little anxious the whole week leading up to it, just being like, I don't know what this is going to be. Um, what was the um, direction of like what they, did they want a broader it was, it was just, idea or they were like gay Oompa Loompa? No, no, no. It was um last the week before uh, Oompa Loompa, I did this other update that didn't make it to air that I was really kind of bent out of shape about. Mm. And so then they were like, well, we want Bowen on update again this week. And I was like, okay, can I do my thing that I did last week? They go, no. And I was like, okay. And then we just kind of, when Anna and I were just kind of tossing ideas back and forth. And I, as a full joke, was like, <laughs> Well, here to comment on Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka is a is a gay oompa loompa. Like I just like threw that out there as like a, a just truly a throwaway. Oh and my god, Anna, I'm so angry. And then of course, that good. well, no, no, no. And then Anna, and then Anna gets back to me. She was like, "Well, the producers love it, so we're doing it." And I was like, "Oh God!" Like anyway, and so I don't know. To be honest, like I felt like there was a glut of like 
really like outwardly femi gay stuff that I was doing this week. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's from a place of internalized homophobia. I think I'm just like, as just a performer, I'm like, I can do more than that. Right? Yeah. But, but it's fine. Like that's, this is my own weird, stupid fucked no, up no, journey. I'm sure it's really think. layered. I'm sure there's, there's a proudness of uh, showing certain colors of you, but also like, of course, that desire to stretch and also to let, yes. let the audience know that there is more than what certain yeah. people in the world might just expect of a certain type of person. I get that. I think, I think I've like, I think I've like set some mental model for like a person in, in let's say Missouri. Mm-hmm. Not even, it doesn't even matter. It's just like, I've said, like a person in New York, even like yeah. who, who thinks, oh, he's that guy who does the gay stuff on SNL. And I'm like, that's, I'm happy to be that. I also kind of want to just let people know that like, there, there, there's other stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but see, then, like, I, what I want, like in this like moment of hangage with Bo and Yang, what I want you to feel now is like, the normalization and validation of like how you carry that and handle that. Even from this conversation, I can tell like that is such a weight that I'm sure any person must feel. And like the way that you, I think are able to look at the types of characters and types of work and try to put your best foot forward, but also know that there is like people in any state in the country that are going to have all these opinions. Like that is like a heavy burden that anyone would feel. And from my perspective, it seems like you really have do such a great job of living with that weight and then just continuing to do amazing work. Oh, that's very nice, Eric. I don't, that's, that's very nice. It's just, it, I think like the, the, the thesis statement is just like, fuck, that must be so hard. And also like, you're killing it like that. I can't, you know, that is a lot to, I mean, even with a platform of a, a much smaller world, like even with like uh, this podcast or anything, or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've talked about how I've had a video on TikTok go big in a bad way, you know, of like, mm-hmm, you know, getting mm-hmm. people angry or whatever it is. And I think that not to p- bring no. this into another one of my favorites of your performances from last night, just because it's also kind of fun and femi, but like the bug assembly, I think uh-huh. like <laughs> has to even tr- like, I know that it spoke to so many people, including queer people. I watched that bug assembly so many times since that aired. And like, that's what I also wanted to ask you, especially since we're in this part of the SNL kind of behind the scenes. I want like, I want the inside the actor's studio. So like the bug assembly, like from pitch to stage, like, can you tell me how that came about? So it was, um, a text that I got on Tuesday from Allison Gage, who's one of the supervising writers at SNL, um, has written so many, like, also should get all the credit in the world for, like, really queering the place up. Mm. Like, a lot of great, like, specifically, I'm just, it's, it's not limited to, but, like, a lot of specifically, like, lesbian content, mm-hmm. like, in terms of the writing, and, like, it has a lot to do with her. Um in the, in the recent years of the show and she and I got hired the same year to write. And she's, she's just like truly one of the funniest people who, um, the, who I know, but, um, texted me on Tuesday. Hey, um, I have this, the most legally stupid idea, um, in the world, but I was staying in an, inter- an Airbnb this summer with my mom and, uh, the shower was full of daddy long legs. And I just, spent the whole day not being over the fact that their name is daddy long legs. <laughs> so, so maybe it's, you know, an, a school assembly where kids are presenting. And then she literally just like had the full pitch, like realized. And then you come out and like, and she said, you come out in like Vogue or whatever, <laughs> like 
that's it. She was like, if you hate it, it's fine. We can, I can take it to like another host some other week, but this is just an idea. And I was like, what are you talking about? That is so funny. Um, and then interestingly, so it was me, Allison, and uh, this other writer, Celestium, who works at the show too. Mm-hmm. And the three of us were just sitting in, in their office and, we were trying to write, like we were trying to pitch jokes about like a bad art friend sketch, like a sketch based on that New York oh Times article, God. bad art friend, where it was just like, you know, like, you know, Rami Malek like reads from his book and then uh, <laughs> at like the Strand or something and then like I'm in the audience being like, hey, did you write that thing about me? Like, you know, whatever, stupid, like inspired by bad art friend. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then like we kind of hit a wall very early on. We were like, oh, like there's just a lot of like moving parts to this and it's not as simple and straightforward as we think. But then Allison was like, well, we, I was like, well, we have that daddy long legs thing. And I was like, oh, right. And then the three of us, it was just like this wellspring of like all these different jokes. And all three of us just kind of like rattled off these different like jokes that made it into the end. And then we wrote it. And then there was just this long discussion about the costume, about like how many legs it would have, how wide and like all these things. And um, who came up with the almost, the almost death drop that you're too afraid to do? That was that was me. That was me. <laughs> I'd like just being like, just being like, hmm, you were about to do a death yeah that was just like in the room but it's like, it was just that's like the perfect i mean those moments are so to me they're very rare where it's like it's just effortless and easy yeah. and it just comes out of i you. think i could i think you the people watching it could tell because every joke that came out of your mouth was just like it was like you looked or i looked around the room i was sitting and just like is everyone seeing this and it's just me by myself it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's so and the fact that you reference the judges that don't exist and don't uh, exist. the the bravo exec dad and the Re- republican dad and i think like i think when you also yell about is there a mommy long legs and don't I how oh, I freak I'm, out I'm about to freak out like get her out of here I just uh-huh. yeah I I I wanna it was pretty stupid it was so really dumb so but, but this good. is I love it but like Conan O'Brien like finished his CBS show and he was like my, all my career I wanted to like be at the intersection of stupid and smart I'm mm. not saying daddy long legs is smart but it's very stupid <laughs> um and then he said so Conan said that and I like burst into tears because i was like because i because i like idolize him and he um and i think that's part that's like the perfect like inner that's that's the perfect little you know liminal or or, you know or or just like venn diagram yeah well i think it's also what it shows me that i've really been trying to learn especially in the past two years is like stupid ideas like you're rattling off like the fact that you even Mm -hmm. said like yeah gay oompa loompa that sees a till it's like Uh uh-huh uh-huh I think that writing things down and or allowing like a dumb idea and to not judge it because so many oh, yeah. other people would have looked at any idea like that and been like, yeah, but like who would actually want to see that or whatever it is. And like how many other gay Oompa Loompas have this, has this world missed out on? <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm, I don't have that much of an awareness around when I self edit hmm. and the first form of self editing so often is, someone going you're you telling yourself oh that idea would be bad oh uh, i mean Shutting, to shut it down at that level is like tough i do want to get us back on course to ask a very famous podcast question bowen which is we we sit around the fire here and we say to ourselves what made you gay whose fault who do we blame even mm-hmm. bowen what do you say i thought long and hard about this question um and for a second it was hard for me to answer um but then it became so obvious as soon as I had considered it, but it's um, growing up in Montreal for a portion of my childhood, 
Celine Dion really just kind of like did it all. Like she like was like she was the of course like I mean everyone, but it was easy to sort of take cover behind her growing up because everyone loved her where I lived. Like oh, she's I'm like, she's sure. Like, I mean, she's the deity. Canada of it yeah. All. The the Quebec of it all. She's she was a deity, and like you'd go on field trips at school, and you could go to the cathedral. I mean, there's the big cathedral downtown. Like, is this landmark in in, in um in Montreal? But like the reason, the thing they would tell the kids, like five six year olds, they would tell us is you know this is where Celine Dion got married. Like that was like <laughs> the whole appeal to it for us. And you know, growing up with. Her albums, like Let's Talk About Love, was right was right around when Titanic came out. Mm. And so it was a combination of Titanic coming out and My Heart Will Go On being this like fucking mega hit. And then us like begging, me and my sister begging my mom to buy Let's Talk About Love when we went to Costco or something. And oh, then yeah. and then just like listening to it. Do you remember any tracks from that that were that really yeah. stand out to you? Immortality, tell him. She I think her duet with Barbara is oh, on that. Yes. Um, I think my heart will go on is like was like probably like buried in there as a way to like really sell it. Um, so she she does a song with the Bee Gees on it. Um, it's 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 interesting because I have not revisited it in like decades, mm-hmm. but it was this like it broke open every it like broke every dam in my mind in terms of like okay here we go now and then it was me like reading the liner notes reading the lyrics like singing along to the lyrics. I forgot the, about a good booklet. liner note. Oh, when you would just yeah. pour through that little booklet. I know. It was like there's no like tactile experience anymore unless right. you're like really obsessed with finals. But um <laughs> wait, what was actually what was actually in those liner notes that was so engrossing? Just the lyrics. It was just the lyrics. Just the lyrics, right? And then at the end it would be like a little special thanks or something. Like she well, at the end she would like write like thank yous and it was like I'm reading what Celine Dion wrote down, you know, mm-hmm. like that was like so holy and sacred to me. I was like Oh my God. And then like she, you know, like there would be like concert specials that would air on TV all the time in Canada. And I would watch that. She probably did like some duet with Elton John. And then they went backstage with him and he like showed off his glasses collection. And I was like, when I, and then I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to have as many glasses as Elton John does. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's not like a little boy thing to say. And then um, like would perform like strip tease numbers to Celine Dion songs. Like, in front of my family they'd be like no Bowen what are you doing and like <laughs> and it was just so like she like really like gave me all, all the contours of love and Christine uh, Christine Dion Celine Dion like we're like we're all like pulling into focus the fact that I was like gonna be gonna be a gay boy it really that really speaks to me I think it brings so much up not only about like the diva worship of it all but also just Celine I think that you probably felt such a connection to her because not only of just what makes her Celine, but somehow deep inside, we must have known how weird she was. And then when those videos yeah. started coming out years, what I would say, like how many years ago, 10 years ago, and it was like, Saturday, uh-huh. so nope. Like she's yeah, seeing yeah, yeah, the days yeah, of the yeah. week. She's she's doing her warm ups. She's yeah. throwing water on her face. I think right. that I would dare to say we do deserve Celine Dion because we've been through enough, but like we maybe almost don't because she, I think that she has also been through a lot and we, I think there must be something there about strong female performers with incredible talent that have also Mm -hmm. been through a very harrowing time. I mean, dare I go dramaturgically to Judy Garland? Dare I go to why Anna Nicole Smith was so beloved by so many queens? Dare I go to what? Who? Brittany Murphy. 
Oh, yeah, of course. I need to watch that documentary. Me too. My friend Lindy was like begging me to watch it ASAP. Yeah. But that was yesterday. I'm still going to, I'm going to watch it this week. I will watch it. I hear it's incredible. Me too. Me too. I hear it's great. But yeah, there's just like, I think Celine, yeah. like, gosh, she's been through a lot. She's been through a lot. I think childhood is very hard. And then, you know, the marriage is like a little questionable. And then the, and then like, obviously like her, like mourning, like, that loss in her life mm-hmm. is actually is also like it kind of informs right because like, that was always Celine. an interesting sort of shadow mm-hmm. dare i say of yeah because how much older was he he was renee was let's see selena was born in 68 renee was born in 42 so 26 year difference like that's a lot that is not negligible that is like and she was and, like, very young when they she was like i think 15 Oh. Um, so that's that's what makes it a little troubling. But um, let's see, when did they meet? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. They married in 1994. Okay, they okay they dated in 88. Oh, okay, never mind. When she was 20. But I feel like that's okay. Never mind. I take it back. But like, so he got a tape of her when she was 12, and then was managing her, and then. Oh like right! Eight, eight, eight years later, they like were public in their relationship. So I'm like, I I can't. Whatever. This is not for me to say. <laughs> anyway, Celine's been through a lot, and like I'm sure that was like just that that, that loss is like, of course, like so. Yeah, so I mean, it's all. I, yeah. No matter what we say or feel or think about what happened, it's a lot. No matter what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what yeah. it was was a lot. Was a I lot. also, you know, what's so devastating about me is that when I'm thinking about all these women and like trying to come up with examples of like Brittany Murphy, all these things, my other thought was like Garcelle. I mean, Garcelle and Beverly Hills. Garcelle. Like she has had a really tough life too. But like, God, has she had? such a such an amazing career life yeah, moment right yeah. now and i think mm-hmm. that it's the only time i've wanted lisa rinna fired i just want to throw that in i mean yeah the, the fact that i was siding against rinna is like what's going on yeah it's yeah that, that's troubling speaking mm-hmm. of a young celine that's troubling um a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I do, I do want to, because a lot of people have asked me uh, in anticipation of That's the Gayest Podcast with Bo and Yang, when Kim Kardashian was on, first of all, Kim great i think killed it i think such a great job i do think that my question for you is were you surprised that one of the biggest takeaways online was that she didn't write her monologue it's like hello no one does well i'm just i'm not surprised that people don't generally don't understand Mm -hmm. like the ins and outs of the writing at the show like it's just it's not terribly, I think it's gotten more transparent in recent years where people are like, oh, there are writers on the sketches and mm-hmm. there, there are writers on the monologue. And I just think that there was a different audience that was trained on to this moment in oh, Kim's career where they're like, they just assume that, I don't know, they, they just come in with assumptions about Kim and then in order to like conf- to validate those assumptions, they like will really try to find find a roundabout way to be like, see, she's not good at what she's doing. Like she didn't write that monologue. It's like, yeah, well, none of the hosts, almost none of the hosts do unless they're like a stand-up comic, you know? Right. So And the fact that she sold it so well, I thought was like, and and that's what I was so impressed by her is like, and of course the cut for time sketch of, of the Costco of it all of like- Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, Kim, I thought, and I really am not like trying to uh, patronize her or, or, you know, I I think that she just like it, I don't know anything about what it would be like to host SNL. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that to do something out of your comfort zone like that on such a big platform, it's scary. And there are so many skills that you like with, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine the teleprompter of it all and then the the audience and the cameras and the and the marks and whatever it is. And I think that Kim like really sold it all and just like really did great. She was just very like steady all week. Like and like our stage managers were like just told her, um, you know, like people usually aren't this calm. Yeah. Like, she was very calm. Like not calm and like um I'm going to say like a vacant way. Like she was just very present the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Like you could I tell stand- she didn't feel above any of it. I just felt like she was so no. putting herself into the process. And that yeah. was like, make, made me really team Kim. Yeah. She, um, and she like, you know, like had like um her friends there who I think help her out with skims, but they're also like, they, but then like there are these two like cool women Asian women who run like a climate change org, like which I think says a lot about like who she surrounds, like her, yeah. who she surrounds herself with. Like I think it says a lot about like her and like she really is like going all in on this like law thing mm-hmm. in terms of like getting people out of prison. Like she's taking her bar in like a week, you know. Like she's taking the bar. Sorry, she's taking the bar in like a week, and I just think she's um you know she's very impressive. And she's able to do all these things with her resources in a way that, like, it's not like, like I think, like, most, like, 
I would say I have this conception like a lot of wealthy people just like don't know what to, literally don't know what to do with their money. Right. You know, and then like I'm not, I, like I unfortunately I stand a billionaire technically because she's she's <laughs> in the billionaire zone. But like she, you know, like is doing I think we're allowed to meaningful. I, I dare I don't say know that, that we're, <laughs> we're allowed, to, allowed to. I, <laughs> I think like Kim getting people who have been wrongly incarcerated, like I think it's pretty I feel the most okay about like how are there any other billionaires I would feel this okay about standing? Well, this is the thing. Like any other billionaire who wants to go to space will say like, it's for the advancement of humankind when it's really about like, and it's just an ego thing. And they like to play with toy cars and toy shuttles and then actually have their space dreams come true to like, I really think that that is like, that's to me, that's like a, a stupid arbitrary difference between like, that kind of like indulgence and i don't think it's an indulgence of her to like try to like get wrongly incarcerated people and take the bar exam and like actually do good with that it's like i i and listen i don't think that kim is like the most like blameless like perfect angel i just i think that she really like the, the snl thing i just think it really swayed me recently of just like if you were if you show respect to the people that i love (laughs) There you and go. I love I mean, you like, more. She like, I think she like, everyone is pretty taken with her. And yeah. like, I, I wasn't like too surprised at that. I knew she would be like a very charismatic person. Like yeah. she's who she is for a reason. But um, I do have to ask, I unfortunately, I'm contractually obligated to ask if Courtney and Travis visited. Um, It was interesting. Courtney and Travis were there this past week with Young Thug because Travis was playing drums right. for Young Thug. Right. And so, and so Courtney was not there for Kim's week, but Chloe and Chris were, and I think Scott, they flew out Scott. I don't know that much. I don't watch um, Kardashian. I never watched Kardashians, unfortunately. I'm, I'm I, married I to someone who, who does and mm-hmm. sort of peripherally will hear about. And, um, you know, I think... <laughs> that they are engaged and that they are doing that. Mm. Well, who, who's they? Courtney and Travis? They are as of very yes, recently as of, engaged. As of and, yesterday, um, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think what we all should be asking ourselves is, how is Amelia Hamlin doing? I think... Oh, <laughs> my God. Right. Wait, how does Amelia fit into all this? So I, Scott I Disick also... dated Lisa dated Rudin, Amelia? Haley Hamlin's daughter, Amelia, yeah. and they broke up. And so <laughs> I was like, Ada being the seeing of like, okay, so I wonder how Scott's feeling now that mm-hmm. Courtney's engaged to another man. And then I wonder how Amelia is Amelia's reading the news. Feeling. And then I wonder if Lisa's mad that she's no longer in... Like, per, like just... Um, in the press. Kind of by proxy associated with the Kardashians necessarily. I do. I do want to say that in terms of all the celebrity talk, when he went to the Emmys, who, who, who smelled the best? I didn't really go up to anybody, but I mean, Jean smart hugged me. And then like, that was like, that was really heavenly. I think she, I'm I'm, she's, she did smell very good. She wore really nice. She just like, wore a really tasteful, chic dress her hair was so perfect i mean Mm. like she just looked so beautiful and i got to meet her i got to meet her son who she talked to me about when we did actors on actors like um in the summer and i was just like i can't believe i get to like say hello to you and like this is crazy did you pick Um, out the the clear heels where when did that come into the picture that that was um so Ian Bradley, um, wonderful stylist. We were just going through different options, and then we landed on like traditional tux, even though we like 
had all these flights of fancy about like doing something very different. Mm-hmm. But then like we put, I, I put the tux and I was like, it's gotta have some element of intrigue and, or interest. And then um, this, this heels uh, label zero uh, who are friends and um, are like, brilliant 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 designers um make these heels and it was like and they came out this metallic one that was sold out but then ian was able to get those and then i was like let's go with the metallic ones it was between the metallic ones or just black leather and then oh, i was right, like right, I, right. I think that's what they were i was yeah. like i think i think i wish they were clear oh my god and like you couldn't see i wish they were clear and that there was nothing in them you couldn't see my feet <laughs> like i wish my feet were also transparent enough, oh but, well, um, that would have been cool but then yeah but then that was it it was so cool to watch and like i think that next year is going to be incredible to see jennifer coolidge getting her due oh my god and the fact that that room oh when she presented it was like everybody was like oh my god here there's jennifer everybody shut the hell up and listen to what this woman has to say and that is the correct reaction and i think the other correct reaction is to put her in season two of white lotus thank fucking god I know when they said like, oh no, no returning characters from season one. I'm like, well, you gotta have at least Jay Cool, Jay Cool, or no, or I'm out, or I'm not or watching. Bust. I would take Connie, but then that would mean like the rest of the family. I hope Natasha Rothwell comes back. She better. I mean, I we need to have some sort of uh, closure, come up in, some closure. Some she she deserves the world, and if if I we don't know. get her in season two, I I think they they should. They'll do the right thing. Oh, did they ever close the loop on um? Because I remember Jennifer Coolidge's character gives Natasha, spoiler alert for White Lotus, um, gives like her a bunch of cash. And then I think I think Natasha just cries and then puts the cash in a drawer. Right. But oh, I hope I, I hope think... she made off with that. I, I do she... too. I just because I think when you're when you're watching the show, you have in your gut that you know it's not gonna go well for her. Right. But right. I don't uh... think that that needs to be the be all end all for Natasha character Natasha Rothwell's character. I think that like mm-hmm. we can have her in season two, and I think that we deserve that. Um, speaking of these these women, I do want to ask you if the world was ending, mm-hmm. you can only save one character actress. Who would you save? That's so hard. I would probably. I'm gonna. There's my. I think I've narrowed it down to like. <laughs> I have this weird obsession with Missy Pyle, <laughs> and like, but I feel like she hasn't. I, I don't know. I feel like that's not so, so, someone that people like root for. I, but I, I think we love, love to hate, but then by loving to hate. But I just love Missy Pyle so much. And then let me just see. Okay, these other names. I mean, it's Missy Pyle for me. Like she really like when she was in Josie and the Pussycats. I was like, who the fuck is? I was like, it was a true. It was like that that character actress thing where you're like, who is this person who's coming in for like two scenes mm-hmm. and is stealing the whole thing for me? And that's like that's like for me like what a character actress should do in that relegated role it's not absolutely that all actors are relegated to that but like that is you doing the job well doing is the job well kind of- and i'm pulling up her imdb right now because she has been in so many things that you're just like oh my god and then she in does ma she gets fucking run over by by octavia and like Okay, just, I cannot. I haven't watched, but I'm so glad that you said that because now I have to watch because I I've, I've seen all the memes and I just know I have to watch it. I know, like if you've seen the memes, you've seen it all, <laughs> and like I think it's a it's just like I hope they make a sequel, and I think Octavia like wants it to happen. Oh right, um, I'm. Sh- I mean, like, I I just love that Octavia loves it. I do too. I do. And wait, didn't Octavia just comment like and create a drama on someone's Instagram? Was it with Britney Spears? 
Oh no, I don't know about this. She, I think she like commented, oh, make sure you get a prenup girl like when she got engaged. And, oh. then, and then it created a shitstorm and she had to come up with a statement. Ugh, poor Octavia. Poor Octavia. But also Missy Pyle is in Gone Girl. I forgot she had a moment in that. Oh, that's right. She, I, I could have sworn, okay, please do not cancel me if I'm wrong, but don't you remember that movie that was like an, an Oscar nominee that was a black and white film that was like a silent film that was made like the two- artist the artist wasn't she in the artist i don't think i think that was like an all french cast Fuck. wait hold on maybe that's someone else it might be someone else but she was in um she was oh she was in charlie and the chocolate factory i think she was mike tv's mom or she was like, oh one of that's the kids. right she, she was, was in, in the was... artist. She was in the artist. Oh, look. I'm, then I apologize. It says so Constance. Sorry. She played the character of Constance. Constance. She had some random part, and I was like, is that Missy? Like, I just remember watching that, and like, that's the character actress moment. Where you're like, yeah. you're doing your damn fucking job. You are doing, doing your, your job. job. Yep, yep. What a yep. great answer. And... No, Bo, and that is a very good answer, and you should feel proud. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Before we actually close out, I did want to make sure to ask you, because one of my the things I'm looking forward to the most is the... I would say film of the century is Fire Island. Can you <laughs> just like, I'm like so, so fucking pumped for this. I'm not, like, oh. I really mean that. I just think that this movie is, is so exciting. Can you give us any either dirt, tease, moment from set, from anything behind BTS? The, the BTS was just that it was like surreal the whole time. Was that it was like, oh my God, like this is like, for me, it like checked every box in terms of a movie that I wanted to see, I would that yeah. I would watch. Exactly, like, that's I'm, what I'm feeling. Like, 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 I cannot wait to watch this movie. Like a Jane Austen inspired rom com set in the present day. Like, Sutton Fire. I mean, up and down the call sheet, everyone was queer. Like, first AD. Like every like every person was like just so wonderful. Um, Do you know when? Just, I don't. I really don't. But um, I hope. I hope sometime next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. I never. I. 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 I had never gotten the chance to like actually do something that was like that was like emotionally anchored by by the writing and really like did the actorly thing of like writing down like my characters like backstory yeah. and like kind of like going through things scene by scene and being like what am I like what is what's going on here like I, I hadn't done that before ever. Um, and as someone who like, didn't like train that way, who, 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 whose only training was like screaming, being a fucking idiot in a sketch comedy. Like, I don't like, this was like a fully different modality to, to work in. And this is just me talking about myself. Like that was just so perfect and gratifying to do. And then like just doing it with like Joel, um, was like surreal because it was like kind of a lot of it, like, it's based on Pride and Prejudice, of course, but like a lot of like the dynamics between like mm-hmm. Jane and Liz, like the reason why Andrew on signed on to the movie was because he was like, I just love that this is Pride and Prejudice, but it's, it's about the sisters. Yeah. It's, it's more, you're more focused about the sisters than you are about like the romance in some ways. And so Joel wrote like our characters relationship sort of based on like him and I going to Fire Island, like, very early on like six years ago when like you know we were just kind of like awkwardly trundling through being like i don't think we wait how do we like where do we fit into this you know and so that i think is a really interesting exploration and it's like an honest it's a very honest look at like how fire island is um and so 
I just, I just couldn't believe we worked there. I couldn't believe like everyone was so welcoming of us. I mean, there were people of course who complained, but um, <laughs> overall, like I ran into every single person who like was staying on the Island who who like was spending their whole summer there. They were just like, Oh my gosh, it's so fun that you guys are here. I was like, are you sure? Because I just, my worst fear is that it disrupts like life for you guys. And, and like, for the most part, people were like, just like kind of thrilled. And I think, I hope that that like, I hope that like they enjoy it. I hope that like for queers, we enjoy it because like, it's this thing where again, up and down the call sheet, it's, it's queer people. Like, uh, and so I hope it comes off as something authentic when it, when it, when it, when it gets released and people see it. I think that's why I'm so excited for it. Yeah. And I think we're, this is not a read. I think this is just like where we're at right now is like this community for lack of a better word. It's like, which we are. I don't know why I'm saying that, but um, I just, I think we're hard on each other about when, about if something is like fulfilling what we like sort of blue sky in our, in our own thoughts, you know, like, yeah, there's, I, I think there are, there are really valid expectations that are placed on queer work, but sometimes I feel like it's, it's, it's somewhat tempting to like, bring some little ounce of bad faith into things for, for again, valid reasons, reasons that have to do with like scarcity or um, defining what like the community wants and all these things. And I just think that um, I really hope that this sort of gets to like n- transcend that. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think that we talk about a lot on this podcast about sort of, queer people watching something and I think if it doesn't speak to either their exact experience or Mm -hmm. maybe coming from that place of scarcity or whatever it is that desire to knock it or exaggerate what they might not like about it I think Mm -hmm. is something that might have been one of the voices in my head that maybe wants to censor an idea sometimes it's because of that fear maybe and I think that reading this idea and also I think just like because speaking for myself I have so much faith in Joel in you, in Matt, and all the people I know oh, that are, are involved with it, I think that there's I want like I feel so excited and ready to fangirl the shit out of it and just like and you can you can you can not fangirl it once it, when you watch it and you're like oh I hate this watch like, me you... go harder than I did on Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> <can you> imagine <laughs> I mean like everyone everyone is allowed to like yeah react the way they sh- they they should react I just feel like um you know it's I think we're all figuring it out together like on on either side of it we're yes. all sort of learning what like what we should be doing totally and i think i think yeah i think a nice non-judgmental space for everybody is like right right on the money i think oh, like, I... I would love i would love to not judge the audience for their reaction to it um and because that that that's like my greatest fear is to like mm-hmm. have some sort of contempt for like the people who are like consuming something like that is like the worst possible relationship you could you could have in terms of like putting your art out there and so um i really want to like not get to that place ever 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 because there are people because there are people who do and i think it i think things suffer because of that yeah well i i'm breathing in on that non-judgmental space and breathing out (laughs) the fucking love of it all i i just could not be a bigger fan and before we say goodbye i do want to really ask the most divisive question which is bony yes what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Oh my God. I'm going to say something so controversial. <laughs> and it is 
Mm, rat race. <laughs> you know, I've heard, I've seen some people be tempted by R squared, and yet you went straight down I the went line. Straight, straight down the line. It's the original Squid Game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty <gasps> good. Well, a perfect answer has never more perfect answer has never been said. Bone Yang, thank you for coming on the Sakaya's podcast. I'm so grateful and I cannot wait to see more magic on screen, on stage, in person, and beyond. Thanks, Aaron. Oh, what a dream. Thank you so much for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast and this re-release of the Bowen Yang episode. I'm curious what you think. If you also feel like you can hear a difference from two years ago versus now, and if you are going to be at the New York show, let me know. We can celebrate more with the Bowen Yang of it all on November 3rd at Chelsea Music Hall. Head to patreon.com slash gayasspodcast for more bonus episodes, and last week's full video episode is up there now. I love you so much, and I'll see you next week. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.